Good morning and welcome to the Men's Leadership Network. Welcome to the final week of our fall series. It's certainly fall. It's dark when we wake up and it's dark when we get home. So thank you for getting out of bed and, and coming and join us this morning. Uh, I want to welcome all the satellite campuses, all the groups meeting around Nashville today. The group in Cool Springs meeting at Bricks and Nolensville at Highway 55. And then, of course, in downtown Nashville at Flavor Catering. Welcome to you all. Thanks for joining us. Uh, I want to remind everybody that we'll go for about 30, 35 minutes, and then we'll have a time of questions. So if you have any questions uh, while you're listening to the interview this morning, please get those into us. You can do that two ways. One is you can tweet those in, at uh, leadership underscore net is the Twitter handle on that, or you can email them in at questions at mensleadershipnetwork.com. So we'll put a reminder up about halfway through. If you have any questions, please get those into us. Okay, let's get started. Williamson County is one of the fastest growing areas in the country and has been for the past decade. The county is a magnet for major corporations looking to relocate their headquarters, has one of the best performing school systems in the state, and is passionate about its commitment to parks and green spaces, making this an attractive place to work and live. Much of the vision of, for growing Williamson County while maintaining the down-home charm that we've all come to know and love can be traced back to Mayor Rogers Anderson who has been Williamson County's mayor since 2002. A graduate of the University of Tennessee, Knoxville, go Vols. Mayor Anderson is a veteran of the United States Air Force, having served in Africa and Vietnam. After being elected as county mayor in August of 2002, Rogers retired after 25 years in the private insurance sector. During his time in public service, Mayor Anderson has accumulated a long list of awards and achievements, too numerous to list here, but I'd argue that if you asked him today what he's most proud of, he'd likely look past his successful career altogether and tell you about his five children, Ryan, Travis, Laura, Wes, Russ, and then nine grandchildren. Please welcome me in joining, uh, please join me in welcoming our mayor, Rogers Anderson. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Rogers, this is great. Great to be here. Oh, I'm so glad. Hey, tell us a little bit about your, your family, but then also your faith journey over the years. Well, my, let's start first with the faith journey. I was yeah. very fortunate to have in my life the best parents uh, mm. that, a, that a person could ever want. I was raised in a very uh, Christian, godly family that uh, there wasn't a lot of democracy. Um, <laughs> oftentimes, mom was thumping us on the head in church uh, to sit down and be quiet. Uh, but, but that paved the way. I came from a working-class family, mom was home, uh, stayed at home until the, the younger siblings finished. Dad worked the shift work for his entire life. Mm -hmm. And uh, work was part of uh, growing up, mm -hmm. that you, there were chores. There were things you were expected to do around the, uh, around the house, uh, out in the sheds, out in the fields. And uh, um, you could participate in the things you wanted to. Sports was one of those for most boys, but it was after the fact. You mm -hmm. had to still do your work, and, and so it was a wonderful journey. <clears throat> that uh, set the, the theme for most of us, men my age, uh, all they could think about someday in life when I get older, I'm not gonna raise a garden, I'm not gonna have to do anything in the agriculture side, and the first thing you did after you get married is raise a garden play around with the tomatoes and so that's my hobby and it has been. Mm. I was uh, fortunate uh, when I finished high school, my period of time the draft was around and um, anyway wound up in the Air Force as you heard, mm -hmm. stayed in Vietnam, stayed in Africa for a period of time, got out and wanted to get serious about life, went to school at the University of Tennessee. Um, <clears throat> 
went simultaneously. Very few people realized, but I went to the, one of the very first students at, uh, at a community college outside of East Tennessee, simultaneously going to UT. So through the GI Bill and working, finished, married, had a family, got involved in the insurance industry, loved that side, the commercial side of it, moved to Franklin in 1980 uh, to relocate my firm here, and then the rest of its history, got involved, had children, yeah. got uh, nine grandbabies, that's all I talk about now. I don't introduce my children when the grandchildren are around, they're out of luck. <laughs> uh, they just gotta get used to it. It's all about grandchildren, and mm -hmm. I'm fortunate that uh, six of the grandkids out of the nine live here in Middle Tennessee. Wow, what a blessing yes, to have your yes. family that close. Well, so how did you get into <clears throat> politics? So in the <clears throat> mid-80s, came home from a business trip, been traveling, and um, um, found out that uh, the public school system, and it was in the grassland area, um, didn't have enough money for construction paper and things like that, kind of got involved. You, you know, you during that period of time, you're coaching the ball teams mm -hmm. and uh, going to the PTAs and getting in the dunking booth and all the dads are getting around and, and having a good time. But it really dawned on me that we were having real struggles with our public education. And, and my oldest uh, child was, was approaching that middle, um, middle grades of elementary and began to think, is this really what I want? Do I need to be looking at private schools? Yes, some great private schools, BA at that time, BGA and a few others. And, and I thought, well, let me, let me check into this and come to find out the public schools were not what they should have been in my opinion. And so, like I have ra been raised to do, if you don't like it, you need to get involved and, and uh, try to get those things corrected and fixed. And fortunately, there were other men and women at the community at the time. And through a lot of hard work and effort and the community, we began to be able to see and focus our attention in Williamson County on public education, that it drives so many of the things that we do. Oh, yeah. So that's how I got involved. In 1986, so it's been a little over 30 years of being involved in the political arena. Wow. So when did you, you became mayor in 92? In 2002. 2002. So you started working in the school system and you just seeing that you can make a difference there. Well, in, in all communities and across the state of Tennessee, you have <clears throat> your elected body in the in your whole county. They're called county commissioners. Mm -hmm. They vary by numbers. We happen to have 24, still have 24. I became one of those 24 okay. in 1986. As time went on and and um, I began to think, you know, it, right after the turn of the century, that I think I would like to become mayor. So I just retired, sold my business, whatever you want to do, got into mayoring, and I've been at it ever since. So for 30 years, worked with a lot of great men and women, other mayors, city mayors, other elected officials, community leaders mm -hmm. such as yourself, and what's in the audience here today, just to kind of craft and develop. Government doesn't create jobs. Mm -hmm government kind of herds a lot of the programs around and hopefully people sign on and buy into them and then uh, develop what we've had we've uh, been able to have here you've got a couple of members here sitting in the audience that i know that have gone from the agriculture side we have one of the best 4-h's all the way into the economic development side that these men uh, help to craft and develop and we've changed a lot of things but really and truly the bottom line in our county, it's the people here that really take an interest and fall in love with this and want to call it home. 
Mm, I love that. Well, Roger, you've, you've done a great job as being mayor. I mean, I just want to applaud you. How have you led so effectively? I mean, you have made it a huge impact and a huge difference. Well, well first of all, I, I mean, <clears throat> I realize where I'm sitting, so it's real easy to say this. I, I was blessed to have godly parents, and mm. so grew up with that. I firmly believe um, that I'm here as a byproduct of this is what God wants me to do. Mm. Um, you know, I'm an old, old, uh, gray-headed old man now, so it's a lot easier for you to to say that and not worry about the repercussions. Uh, when you're younger, you're trying to get your career. Sometimes you tippy-toe around those issues, but. Uh, it's what's in your heart mm. that really counts, and uh, I was blessed with that. So just about every day, not every day, sometimes I fall down just like the rest of us. Um, I try to start today with reading the good book or something along the lines that makes reference on the good book. So currently I've been trying to read and understand uh, Nehemiah, and it's, it's, just, it's a difficult little journey to be reading <laughs> some of that old history. Uh, and... But I guess my, my preference um, of saying what's been successful uh, is, is working hard, giving back to, uh, finding good men and women in your community to, that will take a program and trust in that and then get out of the way that they'll do it. And if they don't do it, <clears throat> make changes as necessary. Mm. Uh, there's none of us, mm. none of us that have all the answers. And so... You find all those pieces of the puzzle that fit together, and your community will come around. Now, you're critiqued, you're looked at. It's deep down, you've got to have a sense of purpose, and that purpose for me is that uh, we're just here a short time. Make the best of it you can. Uh, try to make it a better place, and uh, say your prayers, and realize that you're human, you're going to make mistakes. And mm -hmm. the good thing about it, I've, uh, of course, uh, Again, there are probably people that don't always uh, appreciate those views, but uh, I felt like that when Jesus walked on earth, he was perfect. There's no, I don't believe there's anybody else. Mm -hmm. That's exactly right. Yeah. So what? all of us have some area of leadership, right? Sure. And uh, whether it's in our homes or in our businesses or in our community, what do you think are the main qualities of a, of a good public servant? What are those qualities of leadership that you think every leader or a public servant should have? Humility. Mm. Um, personal characters such as you need to have a sense of laughter. <laughs> um, you, you really need to understand that um, it's okay to take time out and have quiet time. Mm. It's, it's okay, I think. Um, I think it's important that we all have a period of time. My quiet time is I love gardening. That's seasonal, of course. But every day I try to walk two and a half, three miles. And that's my time to turn the, um, turn the phone off and get away from the world and uh, try to focus on what's some personal things you need to work on, but also your job and what you're attempting to do. I think you have to have, uh, it's very difficult, or it has been for me, uh, over the years to find that, that, that male person that you can share with. And I think our churches and leaders like yourself that you can share, I just recently heard you and several of your members are, are going over to Jerusalem. Yeah. And that's a wonderful time for, for you to get to know other people. And that, that is very important as you develop uh, your self-wellness and your self-being. 
Um, other than the good Lord, my family is the number one objective. And uh, even though I don't get to see them every day, or but I talk to them almost on a weekly basis. And, and uh, so there's a lot of factors that go into mm -hmm. developing ones, but uh, I don't think, and, and I don't think that the spots on the dog uh, fall very far. Mm -hmm. uh, they'll turn gray, but they're going to be there until that dog passes away. And I think most of us will make mistakes, we err, um, but for the most part, surround yourself with good people, good mm -hmm. godly men and women. I don't have to have the same faith, but have the understanding that we're all trying to get to heaven. It's mm, good. Well, being in politics, <laughs> I've got to ask you, uh, you know, right now we're looking at this uh, presidential election in our country, and uh, it, it's, it's just, it's so confusing for so many, you know, and I think we look at uh, two candidates, and, and for all of us, we're, as a country, you know, we, we're worried, and what do you see from a political side as you look at the general election, and what advice would you give us? Well, today's uh, Thursday the 19th, I believe. Is that right, or is it the 20th? 20th, yeah. Last night, the third and final debate was on television, and between watching the debate and watching the um, baseball game, uh, I probably enjoyed the um, Chicago Cubs game a lot, <laughs> lot more. Um, it's not a. It's. It, I realize in our country. You, you, let me back up. There was three grand divisions uh, in the system that we have here in the United States. You have the judicial, you have the legislative, and you have the executive. Whether you're talking at the presidential side up in Washington, D.C., or you're talking here in Franklin, Tennessee, those exist. And it's imperative that we all understand there's an importance our forefathers put together for this, this country or this county to perform and to exist for the long term. For me, this presidential election is not about just the man or the woman, but it's about who, who are you going to nominate for the Supreme Court? Mm. Who's gonna govern our land? Who's gonna sanctify those laws that come up through the, through the lower courts and make it to the Supreme Court? How is that gonna affect the next 20 and 30 and 40 and 50 years of our, of our quality of life issues that we deal with? There have been Supreme Court rulings that I totally disagree with, 100%. But our system is, that's the law. It's had the opportunity to, to meet a couple of your members this morning. One of them was talking about basketball and football and all the sports that we talk about. In some sports, if, if the ball or the foot touches the line, it's, it, it's out. Mm -hmm. Other sports, if it touches the line, it's okay. Those are the rules. Those are the fundamental principles that we have developed here in our country. Just like the Bible's got rules and regulations, you have the freedom to go outside that. God's going to let us do that, mm -hmm. just like the court systems are. But there are consequences for that. So to me, the presidential election in this particular cycle is who are, who's going to lead us into the next 
generations from the legal side. I think the quality and the character of an individual uh, is, is, is paramount. Um, I'm not really pleased with any, either one of those uh, top two, and there are many candidates running for president of the United States. Um, not real sure what the total numbers are, but not every presidential candidate that's on there will be in every state. So in some states, they may have as many eight or 10 men or women running. But the top two that are getting the attention, the top two that are generating this interest, the top two that are having the dialogue back and forth has caused us all to sit back and, and really be concerned. If you're a Republican, you're concerned about uh, some of the dialogues that are coming, that's coming out of um, Mr. Trump's mouth, and if you're a Democrat, you're concerned about some of the dialogues and some of the things that are coming out of Hillary Clinton's mouth. But at the end of the day, you've got to remember, in my opinion, you need to vote. You have that responsibility. You should take it very seriously, and you should go to the polls and vote. Mm -hmm. You should, if you're not registered, it's too late for this election. But in our county, it's very possible we'll have 70% of the electoral go out and vote. Yesterday morning, early, I was heading out to Nashville. There was a line in, in our administrative complex with people already lined up to vote. I'm sure from both candidates. Mm -hmm. I'm sure for several of the candidates. But they're doing their civic job. Mm -hmm. They're doing what's important. I think also it's important to remember at the end of the day, the good Lord's in charge of this world. <laughs> and. I may not like the outcome, mm -hmm. uh, but I do think it's your responsibility. It's okay to disagree with me. Mm -hmm. It's okay f for us as members. I'm not a minister. Mm -hmm. It's okay for us to sit in the audience as you're preaching and talking to differ with you, but let's, di let's dig down into it mm -hmm. and find out what the differences really are. And I'm afraid the solidity of our, of our leaders today is not the way that I like to see our men and women. Mm. Uh, let's just put the personal things on the back burner. Let's talk about the issues. How is it going to affect our country? How is it going to affect this area? Uh, interesting to me this morning, looking at the poll returns and reading all the things you do. Uh, in Tennessee, on this particular station, well over 75% thought that Trump won. You go to the larger networks outside of this state and over 75% thought Ms. Clinton won. Mm -hmm. So it's how you value things. It's how you see the, the, the answers to the question and how we demonstrate to others uh, how we treat others. I, I've been a large component over the last 20, 25 years that I think a lot of this had started back in the 80s when we began to see athletes I was a basketball coach for many years. And there was a period of time that it wasn't about getting into the end zone in football and, and doing uh, White Shoes Johnson, I think it would be, whatever his name was, would do the dance when he scored a touchdown. In my age and generation, the coach would have had you sitting on the bench uh, and, and corrected you because this isn't an individual sport, it's a team sport. And I've noticed in the sports arena, there's a lot about, look what I've done, but the, the men and women in football that block up front, you, you know, they're now running to the end zone to take the ball to spike it. 
And there was a period of time it was about us collectively winning this game, not as an individual sport. You always had super athletes. Mm -hmm. uh, I've been fortunate to see a lot of those men and women. But at the end of the day, it was about individual. Uh, today, it's about individual accomplishments. And I, I, I still like the team concept. So mm -hmm. how do I relate that back to sports? The men and women that are chosen as president of the United States, the best country in the world, the country of the free, the, the country that supplies so many of the other things for our other third world countries, it's just one element of that. Still got Congress. Mm -hmm. You still got other men and women that got to give their blessings and sanctions and votes to get all that. Not anything different here in Williamson County. Mm -hmm. But if you've got good leaders at the top, if you're willing to try to go through that process, then good things happen. And um, we should all be praying for our country. Yeah. Good or bad. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, and we have a call as, as Christ followers to be praying for our leaders and lifting them up. Um, in all your years in, in politics and looking back, have you ever seen an election that seems this divisive? No. No. Absolutely not. Um, yesterday, <clears throat> one day this week, I was reminded of um, 25 years ago in the ministry how several of our key leaders throughout the United States were on the front page of the paper because of their activities and they weren't good activities. Mm. And that taints your industry, that taints mm -hmm. your profession, mm -hmm. just like it does mine. Mm -hmm. when, when people's personal activities and their character don't uh, don't fulfill what all of us expect. We kind of turn sour on that person or that profession, and I think we're seeing a lot of it in the political arena. No, I've never seen the kind of personal attacks. Uh, none of us are perfect. None of the men and women that go up to Washington, Nashville, or Williamson County have got a squeaky clean track record. But I really wish during the debate they'd talk about the issues. How are you going to make our country better? Mm -hmm. How are you going to address some of the critical issues in our, in our society that will make us better? On the other side, as I've heard people talk, maybe we're getting what we asked for. <laughs> maybe we wanted this change. Maybe we wanted these things that we wanted. And so God may say, here it is. Mm -hmm. I don't know that. I don't judge you, and mm -hmm. I don't judge anyone else, but I, but I am concerned for the next generation. But I think all good will come out of this, mm -hmm. and the good Lord's in charge of it, and so we've got our job and role to do, so mm -hmm. I'm going to support that. Yeah. What, what do you think are the biggest issues we should be listening for? Well, I've, I've talked about one. I think the Supreme Court, that's critical mm -hmm. mass. Um, that's the way our country works, the laws. Mm -hmm. I think other things uh, that, how are we going to deal with all of the conflict in the world? I, I don't know that it's any greater than it was 50 years ago. Um, maybe the social media, the technology, that, that something happens, it's instantly okay. put out to um, people. We live in a world... Uh, 
when, when I was overseas <clears throat> in uh, Vietnam and Africa, the way I communicated back home was snail mail <laughs> or through a ham operator. Mm -hmm. That was it. Today, it's instant. Mm -hmm. So I, I do think the things that are happening in our third world, our job markets, whether it's in Japan, whether it's in China, whether it's in North Korea, North Korea concerns me more than from a national security than any other country. Mm -hmm. But maybe I should be more concerned with what's happening in, our, in the fighting that is going on in some of the providence today. But long term, uh, the, the great military powers that build up have a tendency sometimes to want to exercise that power in a way that, that uh, can be very dangerous. Mm -hmm. So I think. From a standpoint of your question, what should we be concerned about? What, what can we do? We do, do need to pray. And I think God does answer those prayers. But by the same time, we have to be prepared and don't let our guard down. The national security is very important in a country just like it is here in our county. Mm -hmm. So what do you see, uh, Mayor, like as the biggest ramifications of the election? you got these two candidates, depending on you know, which one wins, what do you think is the kind of projection that you see from there? Trump wins. I think you probably see more um, changes. Mm. Uh, I think if Miss Clinton wins, I think you see more the, uh, the same um, administration thinking going on because they're Democrats and Republicans. It's just a philosophy. Of it. But again, they've got to get through Congress. I think the beautiful thing when you look about a lot of this is that there are communities such as Weebs County, we're not the only one, uh, that have carved out kind of a niche in our community, in our state, that a lot of the people are trying to, to get to. It's not because of me, but it's because of all these people in our community. We've coupled a strong public education that people want more for their children, mm -hmm. Jeff. Couple that with, with good jobs, good paying jobs, not just the 8 and $10 wages, which you cannot live in this county. Mm -hmm. You just can't do that. This is probably the most giving community I've ever seen. Mm -hmm back to your churches, back to your community, mm -hmm. from Habitat to CASA to all of the activities that go on. I've just never been involved with a community <laughs> that, that you can just pick up the phone and call them and somebody will come to your aid. Mm -hmm. We have low crime in our community. Mm -hmm. Not crime less, we have low crime. Mm -hmm. But we do have some things going on in our community that cause us great concern. So. I'm convinced that in this community and in this country, there are, other, there are other counties and cities just like us trying to, to etch out a living, trying to provide a community that people want to live in and be a part of. They don't know the mayor of Williamson County. 50% of the people don't even know what a mayor does. They think he does, and they certainly don't know who I am. I acknowledge that, mm. but I'm just one little servant of God mm. to make it a better place, mm. just like you are. Mm. Uh, if you go up into other parts of the county, mm. 
you might run into some people that know you, but the vast majority of the yeah. folks don't know the good work that you're doing, teaching and educating and directing and pushing the next generation through. Accept that uh, and go on with it. And so I really do believe the outcome of the country is very paramount, national defense, policy setting that does trickle down here. But your community can still be a community that shines, that other people want to move in here. Matt Largen and I were talking to you. 49% of the people that live in Williamson County today were not born in this state. But yet I met a man coming in here mm -hmm. that's born and raised here. But that's a small percentage mm -hmm. of the people. So the growth issues that come, they come with a heavy price tag. But so far, for the last 25 or 30 years, this community has responded with good men and women, mm -hmm. all walks of life that have stepped up and said, we want this community to be the best in spite of what's happening in Washington. They have a lot of influence over us, mm -hmm. but they don't control us. Mm -hmm. So what do you think as you look, and this is Men's Leadership Network, what do, you, what do we learn about leadership from watching this election? When I, when I look at um, all of the men and women that have run for president of the United States, where they, they've made it to this far along, there's only a few still left yeah. standing up. We should all be thankful that those men and women have pushed us to that next point. They've mm. challenged us. They're all leaders in their own respective area. Most of those men and women um, were leaders because of what they have done. They're just not stepping out and saying, I want to be president of the United States. I'm sure there are certain men and women like that. But today's leaders are totally different than when Eisenhower was around, mm. the military leaders in, in that generation from the 30s and 40s and certainly in the 50s, the MacArthur's, those strong men that were leaders in the military. I suspect, though, there were men and women that were great leaders in the community, but they just didn't get that notoriety that our military leadership has gotten. As we have progressed, more modern technology, more things going on. Mm. Uh, the men and women nowadays are businessmen, career politicians, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But all leadership is about not just results. Now, they would have you to believe in the, in, the, in the business world that if you make a lot of money, you're a successful leader. But there are other elements, I believe, with all my heart. And I've been in the business world, too. It's not about how many people you have to run over to make a buck at the end of the day. Let's also talk about who you are, how you got it. And are you comfortable with that? And you know, if the good Lord asks the question, can you answer him and say, yes, I've done the best that I can, mm. and I've done it in the right way. Mm. That's strong. But, well, and we're all going to make mistakes. Yeah, yeah. There's a bumper sticker I saw many, many years ago. I'm not perfect. I'm just a Christian. <laughs> and Jesus crawled upon the cross and died for me. He arose three or four days later, and guess what? <laughs> That's what it's all about. I can get forgiven. Mm -hmm. Wow. So... 
Mayor, give us a couple of takeaways for being leaders in our community, for being leaders in our, in our country. Get involved. Okay. Get involved. How would you do that? What would you say? Depending on what level you are in your community, you can be that mom that's engaged with her teacher. Mm. You could be that dad that could help your community softball team, not just show up for the game, but you could be involved. You could help coach. You could help line the field. There are so many ways that you can become involved in the community to make it successful. Writing a check is the easiest thing. Getting involved with your children. Taking our children, for me, working, being around my grandchildren to see how they should act. I can't raise them. My children are going to raise them. And I'm going to spoil them, by the way. <laughs> and I intend to spoil my children, grandchildren. But I think all of us can be involved, whether it's in, I know Larry's here, um, in the 4-H area. Our children need to know that side of the work. Learn to get your hands dirty with your children. Mm -hmm. But other things you can do in your community, if you really have a calling mm -hmm. it, it, it's to get into the political side, go for it. Mm -hmm. State your position, why you want it, and get busy. And you can make a difference. You mm -hmm. can change things if, mm -hmm. they're, if they're not good or you don't think they're good. In your churches, there are many things you can do. Mm -hmm. uh, there was a, uh, a gentleman here in the ministry, just retired two or three years ago. We call him Father Bob. Mm -hmm. I know you know him. Mm -hmm. You couldn't go to any hospital, any nursing home that his tracks and footprints had been there. Mm -hmm. There's the, forget what he did out of the pulpit. Just how many people he comforted during that period of time. I, th I think it's hard, all of us, to just put your arms around somebody and say, you know, I know you're hurting. We've experienced that, a lot of us, mm -hmm. whether it's death, divorce, uh, whether it's success, failure. Uh, a lot of us have experienced that along the, along the way. And you can, there was somebody that helped you along. So mm -hmm. help that person along the way. I don't know if that really answers no, your question, I but I... Yeah. I I, I, it's not about me. It's not about you. It's about all of us living cohesively in this world to, to try to make it a better place for our children and our grandchildren and for our community. Yeah, I completely agree. I think that's why you see such a difference here in our community. In Williamson County, and people do get involved, you know, and what you see in the churches. And, it, you know, a lot of times people sit back and, and just, you know, you can text and tweet and do everything on social media. But man, when you get engaged, there's something that happens in the person's life you're serving, but also in your life, you know? So, so Mayor, what do you want your legacy to be? Oh, I, that, I don't ever think about that. Yeah. Uh, I, unfortunately, several years ago, I lost my wife. And uh, at the funeral, there was a guy that um, presented me with a, a poem. It's called The Dash. You ever read The Dash? Mm -hmm. So um, the dash is the dates between when you're born, when you die. Mm. Your whole life is in that dash, as the poem says. All the positives, all the negatives, all the good, all the bad. Mm. And it's in that little bitty space that you put on your headstone. Mm. If you're fortunate enough in life, 
to have your children still love you when you go out and your grandkids say, well, I really miss and maybe that ought to be your legacy. But I never think about that. Mm. Uh, I'm confident when my time uh, ends here on this earth or my time ends as mayor, whatever time that is, mm. that the next man or woman will step in, they'll make changes, and within months they'll say, I wonder why Mayor Anderson did it that way. That is the goofiest thing in the world him to ever do. I know how life goes on. Mm. And I've even said that with the last mayor or two, mm. and they're good friends. So I don't dwell on legacies. Mm. I'm sorry. Uh, I think you are responsible for the actions that you have here on this earth and uh, I hope and pray that God always blesses this community mm -hmm. and blesses men like you blesses our other congregations in our community mm -hmm. um, because we're all striving to worship uh, here in our country and that's a freedom if there's yeah. one thing it concerns me is that we have that freedom mm -hmm. to continue to um, worship mm -hmm. and there's no guards posted outside these doors mm -hmm. that's unfortunately is changing in our society mm. All right, I got one more question then we're gonna get some questions from everybody else. Sure. so how how can we best pray for you and pray for our leaders in Washington as we think about the election <clears throat> what, what do you think we should be praying so I learned a long time ago when you can't totally answer that question, I always throw it back to the moderator. How would you ask us to pray? Mm -hmm. I pray for you guys. Here's the way <laughs> I pray for you. And I don't tell me if it's right, okay? I pray for wisdom um, because I think you guys have such a huge responsibility. Uh, I pray for boldness that you guys would be able to make the moves. And I think in a political correct society, a lot of times uh, we become hesitant in that. Uh, and I pray for character um, because I think, you know, character is as much uh, who you are as more than what you do. And I think there's little eyes that are watching you and all of our politicians. And so those are the three things that I pray. And I hope I'm praying correctly for you guys, but I just want you to know that I, I think it's important uh, and I appreciate your leadership and, and I'm praying for that for our leaders in Washington. So you said something that had been a long time since I thought about it. wonder what Jesus prayed for for his apostles. Mm -hmm. wonder what the apostles have prayed for him. Mm -hmm. Maybe they didn't know. the They couldn't understand what was really going on if my history, my teaching yeah. taught me right. Yeah. And I think, I think sometimes our prayers, and I do think, those mm -hmm. things you mentioned are very, very important. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> but I do believe God's going to answer those prayers mm -hmm. one way or another. I, he doesn't, I don't know why he doesn't listen to me more often than he does mm -hmm. because I've got the answers for everything already figured <laughs> out. That's, oh, no. You realize that's oh, a yeah, joke. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. But I've been around long enough now to know that I can release it, I can mm -hmm. pray, I can get rid of my get it off my plate. And he says, just take, just give it to me. Mm -hmm. It's yours. Mm -hmm. Now it doesn't mean I, it doesn't pop up somewhere, and that's when I have to remind him I gave you that someplace mm -hmm. else. Being a little humorous here, but I believe God has a sense of humor. Oh yeah. And I believe it's God uh, looks down and says, "Look, Rogers, <laughs> I've already told you this isn't going to happen. Go on about your business, pray all you want, 
But the Bible tells us there were some people that caused God to rethink that. Mm -hmm. He didn't destroy mm -hmm. everybody. All you got to do is find me a few people. And, mm -hmm. Well, it was hard. He knew yeah. the answer. Mm -hmm. But just like in the beginning, he already had the master plan to have to send Jesus here. Yeah. In yeah. the very beginning when he was creating the earth. Mm -hmm. He did. He did. He did. Yep. He knew the answer. Mm -hmm. And there was a long period of time. I don't know how long that, mm -hmm. in years, in light years. I don't know all that. Mm -hmm. But he knew Adam and Eve just couldn't walk through there mm -hmm. and get it all done. Mm -hmm. Well, I want you to know that I do pray for you. Thank you. Yeah, and we do. And uh, we're thankful for you. So we've got time for a couple of questions, I think. Yeah, it's been a busy morning. Twitter might be trending today. We've got a lot of activity. Um, Here's the first one that came in. What's oh, let me biggest... tell you who that came from. Yeah, come on. What's the biggest threat to economic development in Williamson <laughs> County? I don't know if it's who you think it is, but it's, it's close. They might be at the same table. What's the biggest threat to economic uh, development? Economic development in Williamson County. You know, we've been very, we've been very, very blessed with. Um, a lot of great companies that have moved in here. Let me switch with you. Get this for you. There you go. We've been we've been very blessed in Williamson County. I would su suspect that over the last uh, 15 or 20, 30, 25 years, because you got to remember, Williamson County uh, in the um, early 90s didn't even have the mall. Yeah. And so in 91, 92, the mall came to town, and there was no place for you to have a meeting at all. So the city and the county went together and helped work with the Marriott to create the convention, the convention center. So it is looking ahead, trying to understand. When Matt Largen was working for the state of Tennessee and he was running around, I call him a snotty-nosed little kid, he impressed me. Mm -hmm. And he was working at that time for Nashville but he was representing trying to get Nissan here. Mm. Nissan was a bold move for us in those days. Um, through the avenue of the governor at that time, uh, Governor Bredesen, and through the uh, leadership at Nissan, they chose our community to come out of California long before they ever made the announcement. And we need other companies like that. We need other businesses, but let's not forget that the well over 20% plus uh, of our workforce is made up of entrepreneurs that mm. don't go to work at the government or Nissan. Uh, they work out of their homes. They work in their jobs. And so the biggest threat to, uh, to any of us in, in the economic area is being able to provide the level of service and to continue in that for years to come down the pike for the next generations. And that's a challenge because all this growth creates this one issue that we're all concerned about. It's called traffic yeah. and congestion. And how do we handle that? How do we pay for all the school buildings? Mm -hmm. How do we pay for these different services and still maintain a quality of life that we can all live in? Yeah, that's, that's a good one. Another question? Here, I'll switch with you. I'll be the reader. I'll be the carrier. Okay, next question. What steps can each of us take to bring about a greater level of civility? This one's easy. Pray every day. Pray. <laughs> we talked about, right? Yeah, I, um, and be tolerant of each of us. Mm. Uh, I may not 
agree with everything you say or do, but mm -hmm. be tolerant of those men and women and how we answer the questions and um, how we try to govern. Governing is more important than politicians. How do you govern? How do you govern your family? Mm. How do you govern your church? How do you govern your community? And governance is so critical. Wow, that's a good answer. I mean, it really is because you, know, you bring it back to us, right? Instead of putting it on to somebody else and hey, you're responsible, you, you brought that back to us. We have a responsibility there, so um, that's good. Oh, we got one more question right here. So I'm just gonna ask it right here. We're gonna put it up. You got it right there? We just had that one. All right, who is someone in your life that has been a strong leadership mentor? My dad, <laughs> no question. Um, dad was not an educated man in the terms that we think of today. Um, but he, he was such a wonderful example. Uh, he was the leader in our house. Now, quite frankly and honestly, uh, I grew up thinking it was always mom mm. um, because she just was there more. He was always working. Uh, but dad was uh, involved uh, in the in the community, not the way I am. He was not a politician. He couldn't stand it. Mm. Um, but but he was he was always helping that neighbor, always working with somebody, always trying to figure out something. But he was also giving us that <coughs> those leadership qualities that we were going to need later in life. My sister and I. I did not have a brother. But he was a man that believed that you could make mistakes. You need to be tolerant, and you need to be tolerant of other people. Uh, you need to be tolerant of, because I grew up on the other side of the tracks. Mm. Uh, we didn't have a silver spoon. We didn't have a lot of things. I didn't know that until I left home. But all the clothes that I wore had patches. Mm. Um, we um, uh, worked in the fields, tobacco fields, corn fields, uh, the garden. We put up things. We froze things. We scrubbed the corn. I still do that today. I love it today. But back then I didn't. All my, my sister, all of her clothes were dresses that mom made. Mm -hmm. So you, you, you had to be tolerant of others. The good part about it in the area that we lived in, that's kind of the way everybody else was. Mm. And boys were expected to uh, do their work. And mom had a theory that if you lingered around the house too long, you were just, um, let me find some more work for you. So boys got out, we hunted, we fished. We just played in the fields, but we didn't go back home until supper time because mm. there was work waiting on us. So the leadership role for me was my mom and dad. Mm -hmm. And then along the way, there's been a lot of good men and women that have given me advice. Yeah. Roger, uh, thank you. So I want to pray for us. And man, I think you've been such a great encouragement, but also challenge to us. So let me pray. Father God, thank you for today. And, and God, I just thank you for Mary Anderson. I thank you, Father, for his life, for his journey. Father, for his family, for his kids and his grandkids. I thank you for his dad. Um, and just hearing him say that um, the biggest leadership impact on him was his dad and thinking about all of us in this room and uh, all who are watching right now, whether it's a podcast or sitting in a different location, Father, many of us are dads. And uh, God, we admit that sometimes it gets crazy in our lives and we get busy in our jobs and our careers, but help us not to forget that our biggest calling, that you have placed us to be the spiritual leader in our home and to love our families. And God, we don't get this time back. 
Um, Father, our kids grow up fast, God, and one day we'll have grandkids. So, Lord Jesus, I pray that we would embrace the moment. I pray that we would be the men that you've called us to be. And I pray that, God, we would leave a legacy for your name and for your glory. So I pray for our country. I pray for the leaders. I pray for our mayor and for our community, God. And just, Lord, use us in our day and our generation, Father, to further your kingdom. And it's in the name of Christ we pray. Amen. Amen. Wow. Thanks, Rogers. Awesome. Thank you so much, Mayor Anderson. That's fantastic. Let's give Mayor Anderson a round of applause. Okay, that concludes the fall series of Men's Leadership Network. We're going to get going again next March for the spring series. We've got another good lineup of speakers, and we'll get those out to you guys over the holidays. I want to make a reminder that if you go to the mensleadershipnetwork.com website, we've got an archive of all of our past interviews, all of our past speakers, and the resources there. So fantastic content if you need anything over the next couple months or if there's something you're dealing with or peers dealing with feel free to access those resources there Uh, also sign up to follow us on twitter or instagram or for email updates because we will be getting information out over the holidays maybe some additional interviews that we do that we just send out as a podcast but then also information about the spring so thank you for joining us and we'll see you guys in march bye
dark lifted my eyes to see a light Though I was lost, you took up the cross to draw me close When you did this, your love set my soul on fire You are my one desire What do you say? Spirit of God, Spirit of God, your word in my heart, leading me on. Embracing the fight, I'm storming the night, till your kingdom come. You sing it out, say, your love set my soul on fire. Yeah.